This is the Dos Acero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dos Acero Podcast. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Los Acero Football Podcast, Yamerito production, brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. We are live every Wednesday night around 9-ish Central Time, probably around 9.20, kind of how we started tonight. And of course, you can catch this edition and then previous editions of the Los Acero Football Podcast on iTunes. My name is John Jiu, I'm very, very happy that you're with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. We do have a wide variety of topics that we'll be discussing tonight. We'll be uh, with about a month left before we see action in Rio. We'll be talking about the, the Olympic team. We'll also touch a little on the Eurocopa with Iceland, finally crashing out after the quarterfinals, and Portugal making it to the final today with their 2-0 victory. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. They beat Wales 2-0 with a goal by, by Cristiano and Nani. And we'll also be talking a little bit about Liga and Mekis. Uh, we might uh, talk about some of the previews of what we'll be expecting over the next week as Liga and Mekis ramps up uh, over the next uh, week or so. So that is what's on the top uh, on the plate tonight. And of course, we have with us, as always, our esteemed panel. All the way from Escondido, California. A gentleman who is actually fighting through it as a little Achilles injury, but he was able to join us tonight. Daniel Preciado, how are you? I'm outside of the Achilles. I'm doing good, John. I'm happy to be uh, with, with the guys today. Looking forward to the show. So, did, did you hurt your Achilles like that? Did you watch that show, Oz, the, the prison drama back on HBO, where the, the guard was really good at basketball and they didn't want to get, the prisoners didn't want to get shown up, so during one of the pickup games, a, a guy sliced his Achilles in the, no, in the I, scrum. Did that happen? No, I was just doing some, um, some extreme uh, exercise. I, uh, my wife needed me to change the baby's diaper, and I got out of bed half asleep, and that was all it took, getting out of bed. That is almost as embarrassing as my Achilles injury that I got 10 years ago when Rafa scored a goal against Argentina, and then I leapt out of my chair and started jumping, and I injured my Achilles. I'm very embarrassed by that. But we won't talk about that. We that's won't better than mine. That. That's, that's better than mine. Well, if you say so. And it's exactly the same way how I injured it the first time. So this is actually a second time for me. So you injured it, changing diaper the first time too. No, getting out of bed. Oh. <laughs> well, you can either not get out of bed anymore or refuse to change diapers, and that way you don't have to worry about hurting your Achilles. The moral of the story, though, the true moral of the story is to bring it back to sports: is stretch before and after, especially after. Stretch. Wise words from Southern California. Thank Especially you. Especially if you're uh, over 30. 
and and over forty because uh, we uh, we can't have that now. Over in Kyle, Texas, a gentleman who is annoying his neighbors by continuing to shoot palomitas and chifladores and other fireworks. We have with us Albert El Chiquiscampa. How are you, sir? Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Yeah, exploring some uh, black cats. Annoying. Well, black cats aren't that bad. Now you're not like you're not one of those guys that like sticks a black cat in a hamster, are you? No. What's a black cat, guys? Figures. A black cat is a little uh, firecracker. Barbie dolls. Blowing up Barbie dolls. You blow up like little army men. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, your neighbors are going to get mad at you. Over in Arizona, where it's a comfortable 152 degrees today. We have with us Fernando Regino. How are you, sir? It's actually 110 today. Yeah, I'm doing well. 110. Did, did you take a sweater? <laughs> yeah, it was actually pretty nice right now. Pretty fresh, you know, and I'm doing well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cooled down to a balmy 101. Right here, men know how to handle the heat, man. Is it, is it, is it a dry heat, Fernando? Is that, is that really true? Is it cool in the shade? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. All right. You excited about your about your rayados? Not too excited with Carlos Sanchez not getting his contract rescinded, man. Well, do you think he, after what he did with the final? I mean, honestly, do you think they were going to bring him back? I wouldn't have brought him back. Yeah, I wanted him to get kicked out, but you know. oh, so you wanted him to get kicked out? Yeah, I and wanted him. Uh, he, he can't. You know what he was saying? Like recently on an interview that he says, according to him, he had no choice. Yeah, he did, but you know. Are you, are you saying that the, that Diego Godin had a choice of playing the Champions League final or going to Montevideo to train? Absolutely. And he decided to. All right. Well, we'll give you uh, about thirty seconds to talk all of your get all your Monterrey angst out. There <laughs> Thank you. Sir. And join us, join us out of California. Are you in California or are you in Tijuana? I'm in San Diego, California. So, northern Tijuana. Then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We have with us a very special guest and a new member of the Dos Acero Football Podcast. We have Johnny Rico. Glad that you could join us. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Um, you know, uh, I've I've listened to your show before, and I, I always thought, man, that, that sounds like a lot of fun to be part of. Well, we appreciate it. Bargle, bargle, or foo Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Well, gentlemen. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we uh, have a variety of topics to discuss. I want to jump right into the uh, Mexican Olympic team. For those of you that did and those of you that didn't, they uh, played Nigeria over the weekend in Aguascalientes in Necaxas Stadium uh, in the middle of an awful rainstorm. I mean, anyone that that, that 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 tries to do anything right now in Mexico in the rainy season is just absolutely insane. But that's what we have. The field was in terrible conditions. There was lightning everywhere, but the game must go on. And the Olympic team played a Nigerian team that looked like were not really uh, wanting to play too much or at least get injured. And even with that, Mexico was only able to win 1-0. Uh, I uh, personally don't think that this Olympic team is going to aspire too much. Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. Hang on a second. Excuse me. Tinus el alma di Pavrishana, Wellas Olympia Rosa Temprana. 
I see that Joel Aceves <coughs> has joined us. Thank you, Joel. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Joel. How are things in uh, South Central? Pretty good. It's it's been a good day. Yeah. How many um, how, how how many how many weeks since the last drive by? It's it's more like years. I haven't I haven't uh, really. Yeah, uh, I was about I was about to say because that sounds like a like a nice cube song. It's been a good day. <laughs> so are you saying that there are more Starbucks now in South Central than there are drive-bys? You know that's that's very uh, interesting. But yes, now that you put it that way, uh, there is. What about dispensaries? Are there are there more dispensaries than Starbucks in South Central? I don't know what that is, John. You don't know what that is? No, not as for another show. A topic for another show. Well, Joel, thank you for joining us. As we were discussing, I was uh, going to let you all jump in, but uh, you know, the last uh, 2012 Olympics for Mexico won a gold medal. Everyone remembers that, and they had, in my opinion, just a really good team, and they had really good a really good preparation for the tournament. They did well in the Dulon tournament. They they're overage players. I thought that they did a really good job in selecting those. They had Jesus Corona, Carlos Ancido, who could play a variety of positions, and Oribe Peralta, who at that time was really starting to blossom into the into the forward that he became over the next few years. This time around, though, it seems like the Olympic team is uh, maybe maybe is not going to be as talented. So it could be then that perhaps. A medal is probably asking for too much. I think just getting to the elimination round will probably be a very decent accomplishment for this team. Your thoughts? Anybody? Well, I, think Rico, that, I, I think that much pretty much sums it up. Nobody really wants to talk about that, this uh, Olympic team. No one wants to acknowledge it's even happening because uh, things don't look too bright for Mexico, do they? I think they can def- they can do a- they can at least get another medal. You know, uh, they- They're taking T- Torres Nilo, even though I know he plays for a-, a team that's a little subpar, but, you know, they, they especially didn't do too well uh, in the last season. But, you know, uh, they still hope, they're still, uh, this talent has a chance to prove themselves. And it's a talented team. It's not as as nice and shiny as the other one from 2012, but this one I think can do some damage. Well, the other one wasn't shiny back then. It's just shiny to us now because they won. Yeah, yeah but no, but it was shiny though. Because remember, they they went to Toulon and had a really good tournament there, where they won. You know, Marco Fabian was uh, just absolutely on fire. Their their lead up, you know, other than losing to Spain, they played some really good games against England, and then they they did well. Uh, against, uh, like I said, actually lost against Japan. But you know, in the tur- the tournament they got, they went from 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 the man of Samas. And I just I just don't know how this team is is going to do that this time around. I just I just you know I I have I mean like I said, if they make the medal round, it would be just an absolutely huge accomplishment. I just personally don't see it. I think that they and honestly. I think the chances of them not even making it out of the group stage are higher than them making the medal round. It's my personal opinion. I think they'll make it out of the group stage. They're only... Well, I was looking at the group. Fiji and South Korea, they should be able to take them out. Germany is the only challenge. Well, I mean, South Korea is... uh, 
you know, I mean, you never know what you're going to get with them. I mean, they, they, they could be a really good team or, or not. And, and, and frankly, you know, as Mexico, you know, have, they've shown over the years that they're just they're just not necessarily consistent enough. South Korea was third place in the last in the last Olympics, and hey. Mexico was first. Yeah, <laughs> and Germany like sort of didn't Mexico beat Germany pretty convincingly last year or last last time? Well, the, the thing with the Germany game is this is the same generation of players from the 2011 World Cup, which uh, Germany took a beating to it in the semifinals to Mexico with the goal Olimpico and the Chilena goal from Momia Gomez. So some of these uh, German players are still going to have Mexico in in their minds and going to be out for revenge, but. I, you know, if if Mexico can kind of survive, not take too big of a beating against Germany, I th- think they can get out of the group. Um, you know, it, they have to beat South Korea, um, and then Fiji is pretty much a given. Yeah, the South Korea game obviously is key, and since there's there's only 16 teams, so they're only going to take the top two that like the one of the best third places is going to go. So you're absolutely right, Johnny. The the South Korea game is an absolute uh, must-win for Mexico because we figure that everyone's going to beat Fiji and then the Germany-South Korea game. You know, we say this now. We're probably lean toward the Germans there. So if Mexico can beat South Korea, then, uh, then you, yeah. you know, it, then they'll make it to the uh, next round and then, you know, who knows what could happen as far as the next play. round because Portugal-Argentina is who they would play. Uh, and I don't see that. Well, Argent- Argentina is a big pile of mess right now. They might, they might not, they might not even play this, play in this uh, competition. So you know, it's and Portugal. I mean, they they could be strong. I I don't know enough about Portugal to say Mexico can beat them. Mexico's going to get their ass whooped. I I don't know enough about Portugal, but very I they it's possible to see Mexico in the semifinals. It's. I mean, that, that's why. I mean, I just we just you just don't know with this team. Are they going to go to the semifinals? Are they going to crash out? Uh, I mean, I personally don't think that they have as much talent on this site on this team. I know that they have the the Pachuca kids, and honestly, that's pretty much about it. I mean, they're the only ones that, outside of the the couple of Chivas players, that had to get any kind of playing time. Uh, m- m- most of the guys are are bench players at the most. So, you know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens now. They do play. Uh, they well if they get a chance, though they should be playing Argentina before the tournament starts. If Argentina decides that they want to field the team, as some of you know, the uh, AFA has been a, a, a complete joke since their Caudillo uh, died Grondona, and just yesterday Tata Martino, and instead of having to put up with them, said, "You know what? I'm I'm out of here." He uh, he walked out, and he's done. So now uh, Argentina's left holding the bag. They brought in Volaretico uh, Achea, a guy that I remember from the 1986 World Cup, to coach the team. And we'll see if they how, how they go from there. That's just so sad. that. Uh, well, I can't understand why Tata Martino, uh, it was, I know he quit, but he should have been fired. Just look at that. He had... A, you know, a full started team with Barcelona and he failed. He didn't win nothing. And now with Argentina, he has been winning nothing. He actually had a horrible start at the, to the to the quali- World Cup. So, in regardless of of where where the team is, who they're coaching, 
the situation. If they don't win, then you you say they have they have to be fired, gone. Is that what you're saying, Fernando? Yeah. You, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Fuck, I'm out. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. It's not the coach. It's the it's like their whole system. It's it's their dependence on Messi, and I think it's been mentioned even pre- in previous failures, where everyone just depends depends on Messi or passes it to him, and they just stand around or. Well, that's what the coach should have fixed. You know that that's what he's there well, for. Not I mean, he should have fixed it, but plenty of other coaches have failed to do that as well. So it's like he's not the only one. Yeah, absolutely. I know that many of them have failed, but I'm just saying he's just uh, they should have seen it coming. If yeah, he Mar- didn't win Mar- anything Mar- with Barcelona, you know, there's no way that he was going to do anything good with Argentina. Ma- Martino was Martino tried to shape the the whole national team around Messi, which other managers have also tried to do. I I think that's a mistake. I mean, Messi's talented; he's a great asset to your team, but he has he has shown that he's not the type of player that can lead your team to 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 victory. So why build the team around him? Absolutely agree with that. That that was a huge mistake, and he basically perpetrated the same mistake that the the other coaches did. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's out. Yeah, I, I can see how coaches would make the mistake of wanting to uh, build a team around the greatest player of a generation. Yeah, that's uh, what, that's what, what were they thinking? Well, the greatest player of this generation played today and got the job done. That guy, man. Yeah, that guy's Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, I thought wait. you guys were talking about Nani. Oh. <laughs> just, just wait until the final, man. I can't wait for them to lose in the final. Oh, yes. Actually, drink those tears. Uh, I think I think Portugal got a sort of easy easy road to this final. Absolutely. At the bracket, there's been so many times where uh, where Ronaldo's in the center waiting for a pass. They don't pass, and he'll like throw his arms down and complain. He throws a fit. <laughs> yeah, he he does in um, Port. You know. The, the amount of criticism Cristiano Ronaldo gets for a group stage game, that, I mean, that doesn't even compare to to what Messi got when he missed the key penalty for his team to not win championship. I mean, Messi got a, a shitload of sympathy while Cristiano Ronaldo is getting a shitload of criticism. And well, there's a big, there's a huge difference there. Is that Argentina, the other player? I mean, those guys. There's no reason they should be playing as bad as they do. Portugal, on the other hand, has—I mean, outside of Ronaldo, I mean, and even with Ronaldo, I mean, they're just—they're just not a very good team. And for, well, for Ronaldo to act the way he does is more is, that's, is that's quite petulant. That's that's more to my argument because Messi has a lot of talented help around him. Ronaldo doesn't have that that luxury of help. Anything Portugal does is based is based on what whatever Cristiano Ronaldo can do, and he you know he gets criticized so much and so much pressure is put on him, and I I think he deals with it as best as humanly possible. Of course, you know you're gonna see little cracks of of that pressure when he throws his fits, but that's you know. He has changed his hairdos three so far in the in the Eurocopa. Well, the fits, I think the fits are the reason that people aren't tolerant of everything else. The fits is it's like I think last week you mentioned that he's a diva on the field. That's that's kind of like that's why people don't give him the benefit of the doubt in these types of situations. Whereas daddy, the perception is daddy, that daddy. is that Messi. One second, Papa. <laughs> 
No le voy a discutir con usted. No, but, but I think that's a good point that Johnny brings up. Um, and one thing that Ronaldo does better, I mean, I think even though he throws a fit, even though he's like egotistical, he's got a good mentality. He's got a good ego, which helps benefit him in being strong mentally. Whereas Messi, he misses a penalty and fails with Argentina and he starts crying. And then he goes and says, oh, I'm retiring. I'm quitting the national team. Like, you know, go, going off of that, I, I think Cristiano likes being where he's at, as opposed to Messi, where he feels he, he feels like all the pressure, especially because he he has spent most more time of his life away away from Argentina, so he feels like it's like a burden to him. Yeah, that's now the, the the fits that, that Ronaldo throws on the field, that's just you know the the high expectations that he has for himself. You know, he has, he demand, he, Cristiano Ronaldo demands perfection from Cristiano Ronaldo. And when perfection is not met, yes, he's, you're going to see that frustration from him. I think that's something to, that's something to be applauded, not something to be, to criticize him for. Well, his frustration is because they don't pass it directly to him or they made a, a bad pass. So it's not really frustration. Sometimes it is frustration on himself, but he's frustrated that his teammates aren't at his level, I think. That's what I perceive it to be. Some of it, at least. Well, I, mean, I, I think especially that. today, uh, you know, the focus wasn't Ronaldo. And I think that's one of the reasons why Bill succeeded, is that he took more of a of a secondary role. And what I know he got the big goal, but that was on a set play. And uh, you know, Portugal decided that they had to stop Wales come hell or high water, so they had a very defensive formation. Kind of took Ronaldo out of the game a little bit, and then they got the two goals in three minutes, and and their defense ended up locking down the Wales, the Wales. The Wales team, the rest of the way, but, yeah, but you know, I, I, I see it differently because I, I see Messi as a guy who's like, why do I have to be the guy on this team? I have, I have an unbelievable, probably the most talented national team, at least in the Americas, easily. In Yeah, I just see Messi as sort of like weak. Um, Ronaldo sort of a little bit stronger mentally, you know, he cries and whines. Um, it might be a, a sort of just the way he is, the way he his form of pushing his teammates, even though it's sort of like calling them out publicly with all these irates and stuff. But they must understand. That's just the way he is. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's uh, I I think I put up some tweets today saying how to to me Messi's one of those naturally gifted players that you know soccer just comes way too easy for him, whereas Cristiano Ronaldo has had to work for everything he he has got. He has worked and earned uh, wherever where, where he's at right now is because he has worked and earned for it, earned it. And so I don't know. To to me, that's just something to to respect. The fact that you know so much dedication and so much preparation on Cristiano Ronaldo's part. Whereas I, you know, I don't take anything away from Messi. I just don't see him. I don't put him. I don't put Messi on that pedestal that the rest of the world does. Yeah, we were talking a little bit last last week. I was saying that they're just different. They're. Messi's really good and better than Ronaldo in certain things, and Ronaldo's better than Messi in a lot of other things. They're sort of different types, different styles of players. 
Now, now also, also something to consider because uh, I I have no allegiance to Real Madrid or Barca. I actually hate the Spanish league because this same discussion is usually, you know, one one side is a Real Madrid fan, one side is a Barcelona fan. I could care less about both clubs. Yeah, me too. The only the only <laughs> reason I would even go for like Real Madrid is because of Google Sanchez, but that's about it. I can care less about those those dudes. Ronnie. Ronnie's in the house. What's up, dude? I'm in the house. You finished studying your city planner studies? No, no. I'm here doing homework right now. Yeah. Oh, but going to the bracket in the Euro, Portugal beat Croatia, barely 1-0. Poland and penalties. And then Wales, which I guess is their impressive win, since Wales beat Belgium 3-1. But yeah, it seems like an easy road. I don't know. So, are you saying are you saying it was diluted because of all these teams? Yeah, uh, that that side of the bracket seemed a little diluted. That that Portugal was on the other side was like Germany, Italy, France, um, Spain. Of course, well, they Spain bowed out easily. Are you saying it should be? You saying the the Euro should be more elitist? Only let the big dogs go in. Uh, that's just the way it turned out. That was just the way. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna keep. A lot of stuffs like that's gonna keep going on. They they went to twenty four teams. Trying to twist things, man. No, it's it, just the way to bracket. And, and, uh, just just wondering if you guys are just wanting to cockle the. Uh... No. <laughs> you're, you're bringing in other topics. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way. To... Yeah, it's just the way that the bracket turned out. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I'll let you be. I'm listening, all right? All right, cool. Study hard. guys. Is, is John still there? We lost John. His connection dropped. Oh, uh, really? Uh, Our host, man. What else we got? Did you guys talk about uh, Chivas TV? Not what's new there. No, we just haven't never talked that subject. Yeah. <laughs> what's new? What's new? We talked about it last week. Were you there? Did we? No, I don't. I don't remember, man. We talked about that failure, man. Their transmission and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Johnny, will you be buying uh, Chivas TV to watch America? Hell no! I live in the <laughs> United States of America. We're still on Univision. But after two years, I mean, yeah. Oh. I think Americanistas are going to help save Chivas TV, then. at least I, for I, one. I I don't think so. I mean, I I rather you know just go you know go to some neighbor's house, some dumb neighbor who's dumb enough to buy it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be hitting out the straight goat like, hey man, I'm coming over. You're gonna watch it buffer. It'll be like buffering, buffering. <laughs> Technical difficulties <laughs> momentarily. Oh, do you guys talk about uh, the, the rule ten eight and it's gonna switch to nine nine in one year? Yeah. Well, I've I've kept say, I've kept saying that that uh, that rule is it's uh, it's very. Very discriminatory. That it discriminates against certain class of Mexican citizens, where it does where it doesn't with other Mexican citizens. I I believe once you have a Mexican passport, 
you're as you're as Mexican citizen as the person who was born there. So to single out the naturalized citizens to count them as foreigners, I think that's completely wrong, unethical. And I mean, it, it has nothing to do with the on pitch play. I mean, it's it's all it has to do with constitutional. You know, once once you're a citizen, you're supposed to have all rights that every single citizen has. No, I, I agree, but but we still need like a rule where you, because how easy it is in Mexico to get to get and, citizenship for a lot of players, it, it's like that got out of hand. And you know what? I think I think there, I, I agree with you. There needs to be a rule a rule change, but not not a rule change. I mean, that's that's the Mexican league and the federation has to, you know, call your congressman and get them to change the laws on how fast someone can obtain citizenship. Because, you know, I agree. A lot of players are obtaining citizenship, but you know, that's that's up to that's up to the Mexican government, not up to the league to decide. Yeah, but I, I think they were taking advantage of the system, uh, like promotores. So they'll bring in players and they'll have them like right away, you know, like yes. apply I mean, apply for it, and and it's it, it's just become a really big business of, of moving players I, around. I, where, I agree, but again, the Mexican government needs to fix that law, not the Mexican league, by creating a discriminatory rule. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's. I, I agree with you about if, if you should have the same rights, but but the same in in the league, the the clubs have. I would say the club, the owners, they've been taking advantage. They were taking advantage. Now, now here's the here's the ironic here's the ironic part. You you create this rule because there's too many too many players getting Mexican citizenship, so you think that the young Mexican players are not getting enough opportunities. So you create this 10-8 rule where now where now teams can have unlimited amount of foreigners, not naturalized, un, unlimited amount of foreigners. You know, just so long as they only call 10 of them to the match day, but you can have 30 foreigners on your roster, and you know you just bring 10 of them to to each game. Yeah, that, that's and and the league owner is one subject. That's that's one that's one thing I wanted to touch to uh, to talk about because uh, the president of the of Liga MX, uh, Luis Bonilla, and he was talking about how the rule was help. The rule is like the rule makes sure there's more Mexican players, but it's like if we go back a couple years, you could only have five foreigners per team as opposed to now where you could have over ten. It's like who's this guy kidding, man? Yeah, it's you know you you create you create a rule that, that discriminates against Mexican citizens, and it doesn't accomplish what you wanted to, it to accomplish in the first place. It you know kind of does does the opposite. So you know from both sides, the rule is no good. So so now they're saying it's like you know they received a lot of criticism from a lot of like former players and and a lot of like other coaches. Uh, so so now. They said like, okay, when you were going to nine nine, it's like well, we're giving you an extra slot, but it feels still going to be the same thing. It's much of the same because he said they could have 30, 30 foreigners on under under squad. They just they just rotate the same. Well, well, they'll have the same nine or eight Mexican players. Well, you know what the failure is. Um, the failure is that Chivas aren't. Aren't putting out any good players, and the base de la selección is no longer Chivas. So now you have a 
They that. never really been though. Historically, they never really been the base. Well, they got to be because they're the only team that's all Mexican. So they got to be. They got to step it up. It's like if they want. If if we're gonna have all foreigners, Chivas is the only hope. Or Pachuca, if they you know they have their youth and their teams coming up. Even back in La Volpe, there was like Salcido, uh, Medina, Bravo. There was a lot of Chivas players. The great, the greatest generation of Mexican soccer had, did not have Chivas as a base, and that was back in '93, '94. I, I believe that base was the Pumas base. And we were talking about, uh, like, on another show, on another podcast, uh, that like all the other teams, like Spain, Germany, they sourced their national team to a single to a to a single team like Barcelona or uh, or Bayern. Because they play together on a day-to-day basis and they're they're used to each other. Yeah, I mean, all the national teams does it. I mean, probably Argentina and Brazil are the only powerhouses that don't. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, we saw it in Argentina and Brazil. I guess. Yeah, I, th- I don't think Mexico's one of. I don't think Mexico's one of those uh, national teams that can do it. And but going back to the ten eight rule, I I don't think you know the way that the way is soccer set up. You know the national team is the national team. The league is the league. I mean, each one has to look out for its own interest. I don't think the the league needs to be worrying about the national team creating these special rules because they're worried for the national team. Yeah, that's true. And there's also the perspective that. Okay, allow all these foreigners, um, which supposedly are going to be better than any Mexican player, and only the only the top Mexican will come to the, will, you know, will get starting positions like Mont- Cesar Montes or uh, other players that are able are able to be competitive and get starting positions. That's you know that that's where I disagree with with the whole, and it's a lot of a lot of it has to do with the owners because that's how they feel um, since they voted for it. But if you're outside of like the top two or three, the top two or three foreigners that any team can have, the rest. Better than than our own talent. You cut out. What do you say? Wait, I cut out. Yeah, you cut out your last statement. Oh, I'm saying outside of the the. Per team, you know, there, there are two or three key players. The rest aren't that much better. And you know, I'd have to disagree. I think, uh, for example, you know, you look at you look at my my favorite team, America. You know, you have let you just look at the central defenders, um, Paulo Goltz and Pablo Aguilar. They're ten times better than. Pimentel and Ventura Alvarado. You look at, uh, you know, the Samboesa and Quintero. They're they're ten times better than whatever, you know. It's coming up the youth system there. Um, you know, I I think I think Mexican clubs do invest very smartly when when it comes to foreign players. Yes, there's been a couple duds here and there, but I you know I've throughout my lifetime I've always been impressed uh, with with the foreign quality that has arrived at Mexico.
yeah, I guess I guess the attitude is it's just disappointing that you know these the foreign quality that does come to Mexico. That's I mean that's what the top teams they they tend to have overall the better players, but not like the Jaguares or like the the Morelias. They're, you know, you ha- have a ha- lot of. With, with Jaguares, do you remember the name Salvador Cabañas? That that was thanks to Jaguares. Yes, but but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Outside of him, you know, like they'll bring in five players, and one of them is going to be really good, and then the rest are pretty average. But like the thing with Cabañas, and, and and I'm glad you brought him up, is I would say the same as kind of with the the other guy that was at uh, Santos Quintero. This is more like promoters bringing in the players to resell them. Not like Kawadis really has a good uh, good scouting system. They just have you know a promoter that brought him in, and then you know just to in a season or two re- resell him. You know that, that's that's the business right there, which is which is what happens with like they'll bring in four or five players to one club, hoping one one or two make it big, so then they could just resell them. And- I don't. What and the problem is? Well, that's the thing. The club's not really bringing in the player to to build a strong club. It's a promoter bringing the player to be like, okay, in a season or two, once you blow up, we're gonna resell you. Yeah, it's it's like if my brother brings me a hamburger or my mother brings me a hamburger, I get to eat a hamburger. And, uh, yeah, but right there, you're looking at your interest. I mean, we have to see that the club should. I mean, they give into it at the same time, though. But it's like. Take the base of action. Green group. Stay across the whole except the empty shuttle. Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector 47. It's a trap. I'm trying to guess. I guess guess John's back. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that was so bizarre. I'm not sure what happened. I just. Like everything went away, and I could hear Ronnie, and then like like Ronnie broke it. So, <laughs> how typical? Well, he left, so it's all good now. How typical? But uh, anyway, so what were we all talking about? Well, well, I was talking about how how like outside of like a team's top two or three foreign players, the rest aren't that much better. Where where they, you know, where I. At least this person, I feel they make that big of a difference. And then, uh, you know, Johnny, Johnny said how, like, Cavares had Cabañas. But I'm saying, like, with players like Cabañas, when teams, when clubs bring players like that, it's usually a promoter that brings him in just to resell him. You know, it's, it's not so much the club trying to build a championship squad. It's mostly like a promoter putting in X amount of players so that in a year or two they could, they could resell him. So yeah, Juarez and all those teams have no hope in even trying to win the championship. They're just there to. I mean, you could have that one, the last, the last one season. Sort of like I don't know if you remember Tecos when they had Navia, when they had uh, Ronaldo Navia and uh, and Bofo back then, and they managed to reach a final. So I mean, you you get that one chance, but outside of that chance, good luck in in keeping that strong team. It's it's gonna get taken away from you. And it, Coach has no say on it. It's it's the promotores that are that are just using the club to to make business. Did you guys not see Rudy Cursi? I forgot. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, when the it. when the promoter is calling the coach in the middle of the game, telling him to put his guy in. Yeah. 
course, you know, that's such a great slice of reality. So, Johnny, your 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 team, Cuba Medica, is uh, is a team that likes to field nine, ten, eleven foreigners at a time. How do you how do you feel about the ten eight rule? I'm sorry. I, I was I was uh, telling the guys how I think it's a you know th- my my opinions are based out of the soccer field. I think it's it's a discriminatory rule. I think uh, it it takes away rights from certain Mexican citizens that other Mexican citizens have. Uh, I believe once someone has a Mexican passport, that they should be given all rights that every citizen have. And I think that labeling a, a Mexican citizen like Sambuesa, a foreigner, I think that's wrong. Because, you know, according to the Mexican government, he's just as Mexican as anyone else. No, you may, you make uh, you make all the sense in the world. The problem that the, the players have is that no one dares challenge it. Yeah, and you, and you know what? You know, uh, Jolie brought up, brought up the problem that too many players and promoters are taking advantage and getting these foreign players citizenship. But, you know, that I, I agree there's a problem there. I just I disagree that the league should be the one to solve it. I think the, the federation, the league, they need to petition Congress and the president to change the laws on the book to make it hard, more difficult for, for people to gain me- Mexican citizenship. It should be the Mexican government fixing this problem, not the league or federation. Well, unfortunately for Mexico, the league and the federation is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but again, it's the government that should be fixing this problem, not the not not soccer. But, but you know, Johnny, I think I think for the league, it's not a problem. I think they they want this to happen. The problem's been with just a lot of the players now that see that they're just going to have less, uh, Ima- less opportunities. Imagine, imagine this scenario. Cruz Azul have already, let's say, eleven foreigners, you know, counting naturalizados, and among them is Vicente Matias Bozo. Now he he cannot go to a match day because he's counted as a foreigner, even though it was his goal that allowed Mexico to qualify to a World Cup. If it wasn't for his goal, Mexico would be out of a World Cup. How do you tell a Mexican citizen, hey, you cannot? You, you cannot be part of this because you're a foreigner. Well, how does it, how does it work in Europe? Doesn't it take like a few years to be not counted as a foreigner once you get your EU passport? It depends on the country. In Spain, it's four years. That's similar, right? That's that's pretty easy to get. It's four years playing with a club, and then you. And in Mexico, I want to say it's like two or three. Uh, to to become a naturalized citizen. Well, yeah, and and a lot of times, there's there's even been like rumors that. That before the players even playing, they already apply for the. As soon as they land, they're already applying for the citizenship. Right. Well, see, Walsh did it to himself because of all his tattoos. If he had less tattoos, then they probably would see him as as, <laughs> as 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 more Mexican than some of the other players. That's why got Ortiz was in jail or something. That's right. All those tattoos. <laughs> so what? Jonathan Orozco's next. Yeah. Perno the <laughs> So does this, does this Johnny? Does this opinion come from from um, being around Cholos? Do they have do they have issue with this over there in, in uh, Tijuana? Well, um, I mean, I'm I've been out of Cholos for 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 a bit now, um, but I, I know some of their players are 
are going to be affected by this. For example, Greg Garza. Now, Greg Garza. Now, here, here's one aspect that I haven't mentioned: is the Mexican Americans. Now, they are Mexican by birthright. I mean, a guy like Greg Garza, because he was born to Mexican parents, he has the birthright of Mexican citizenship, and now he's going to be counted as a foreigner because he was not uh, registered with the league before the age of 19. You know, how do you tell someone that has the birthright of Mexican citizenship, hey, you're now a foreigner? No, I mean, you bring up some very good points, John. I mean, there's no question that it's... It's something that, let's just say, they didn't uh, follow through as well as they should. But unfortunately, like we like we mentioned before, what players are are going to are, are going to are going to are going to sue the league or, or 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 try and fight this? Because the minute they do, I mean, we've seen what happens when players take things to the courts; they're gone. They're, they're just like, all right, well, you just won't play with us again. And because of the Pacto Caballeros, not only will you not play with my team, but you're not playing with any of the other or the rest of the teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's it, it's going to take a, a large group of players to to get results. I mean, you, you'd have to right right now get all the naturalizados, all of the Mexican Americans, to do a class action lawsuit, and only then, and it's a big you know fifty fifty chance. Will the league be somewhat affected? The problem is, unfortunately, for Mexico and the players, is that they don't have a union. They don't have any. Well, if, if they do, it's a very weak union. They have they have no they have no structure to where they can they can submit their kekas because, like I said, you know, they could they can easily be replaced. I mean, the owners have have shown that they that that, that they have. No qualms about doing that. It's 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 a very unfortunate thing. I'm not a big fan of the rule uh, for various reasons. Obviously, some of the reasons that you pointed out, Johnny, it's uh, it is discriminatory, and I I do feel bad for the for the players that do fight this because there will be some that will, but the ones that will, they're going to have to take the bullet and and just not 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 play again. But will it will it pave the way for for future players to have the opportunity? That that, 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 is a, that, a, that that should be afforded to them, like and, you said, my law, my birthright. You know, I was I was also pointing out with the rest of the guys that, you know, ironically, this rule, what it's meant to solve, actually hinders. You know, that it's trying to get more Mexicans playing time in in the league games, but you know, before this rule, the clubs were allowed five foreign players. Uh, you know, all the naturalizados they wanted, but five foreign players. Now they can have unlimited amount of foreign players as long as they only call up ten each match game. So now, you know, potentially a team can field eleven foreigners and one Mexican as their starting lineup. You know, how how did this? How and did this let's fall? hope that they win because they would have twelve players on the team. <laughs> you know, how how did no, this? You're rule absolutely right. They they, they, they can field ten foreigners and a Mexican. How, how do you think uh, Juan Carlos Osorio feels about this rule? Yeah, so yeah, you know that, that's that's what I'm getting at. Ironically, it does it, it doesn't help the original problem. It actually goes you know hinders or makes the original problem even greater. So what does that mean, Joel? If if this if this rule goes through and and Mexico is in desperate need to find a base for a national team, what? Uh, what what possible team would they have to uh, fall back on in order for that to happen? Yes, 
it's it's a it's a coin on Chivas. <laughs> yep, that, that's exactly right. Un- unfortunately, unfortunately, Tom, it will. I sure I'd be proud as a Chivista, but seeing where that institution, the way they're they're going about things. Dios nos haga reconfesados. We might not do such a good job of, uh, you know, carrying the torch for the league. So, Joel, question: which 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 team is more mismanaged, Chivas or the Mexican national team? Oh man, that's that's a tough one, John. I would say Chivas, though. It's a race to the bottom. So you say Chivas. <laughs> I would say Chivas. I would. Now, what 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 would have to change in order for that to to be different? It's, Other than the it's pretty obvious. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that could change at this point. Uh, the owner, just, he has to go, man. He's not even managing the team right now. It's uh, it's an Americanista managing the team. So when the oh, good score. when the inevitable happens. When Slim buys the team, which which is going to happen within the next few years, would that give you hope? I don't see now. I don't know because uh, I don't know what what Slim will do. What, As what, a Chivas fan, would you rather see Sanborns or or Telmex on the shirt? <laughs> Telmex. I, I think I'll be happy just to have Vergara out at this point. Just because he's he's done so much harm to the team. Now, careful careful with there, because there's a saying that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Yeah. How do you know the next owner won't bring in a foreign player? No, I I think you kill the team at that point. Mexicans can be very nationalistic. And and if you look at Chivas, it's not easy to say this as a fan, but they've been very mediocre for the past 40 years. Really, nothing to write home about, man. I mean, I think they still. <laughs> you're, you're gonna say mediocre to a team that included Bofo and won the title? That team, that no, was... but but see, oh. a big team shouldn't win once every ten years. Uh, at the at the minimum, they should be. Com- <laughs> at the minimum, they should be competing for for a title. So like just one Concacaf Champions Cup from like 50 years ago, and uh, you know a Campeonissimo era from from like you know half a century ago, and it's like that's that's what they're based on, and and uh, you know you have a good fan base that they've held on to that to that history. But if but if Chivas were a team that just emerged recently, it, it would you know it wouldn't be that that big of a it wouldn't be considered a top club. Their fan base, I guess, because they're all Mexican. And yeah, and, and a, that's a fan base that was rewarded by being charged for the games. Yeah, how much uh, they had a fire sale? Didn't they, didn't they, didn't they reduce <laughs> prices for Chivas TV already? You have fans that stuck with that team through relegation, and it's like, all right, uh, here's your reward. We're gonna right. charge it. We're gonna charge it to watch the games now. And, you, and you're gonna have to watch the games on a three-inch screen. Congratulations, Johnny. Have you have you signed up for your Chivas TV yet? Hell no. Nope. I and I, nor will I. So when when America is fielding ten Paraguayans and the naturalized Mexican, you'll you'll still root for Club America. 
yes, always. You know, I, I've, al- I've always said that. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm an, I'm a Mexican national team supporter, but Club America takes priority. Uh, you know, I, I could care less about the well-being of the Mexican national team as long as America are winning titles. So that that's what's more important to you is this? Yes, is America. I I rather I rather see America win a Copa Libertadores than have Mexico qualify to the next World Cup. What about That's, winning the World Cup? What's up? What about winning, World? Win, winning the World Cup? I, what would be the equivalent of America doing to Mexico winning the World Cup? Winning the Champions I, League? No, I don't. <laughs> Copa Libertadores is pretty big. I mean, no Mexican team has has done it. Only three teams have reached the final. You know, Copa Libertadores is a big obsession of mine, and I'm I'm pretty much willing to give up anything and everything for it to see America as the first Mexican Copa Libertadores champion. So, wouldn't you feel dirty though if if America does that and they're fielding? I mean, they might as well be, you know, uh, Olimpia de Paraguay because they have they have, they would probably have more Paraguayans, Uruguayans. I mean, it would be a South America team essentially. They would even be. I, I, Absolutely not. I, you know, I, I treasure it because because uh, that trophy would come back to Mexico and it'd be in Club America's trophy case. In Are Mexico. you sure it would? It seems like it would probably like 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 stop off in Maracaibo and <laughs> yeah, and then not make it all the way. Definitely. I again, titles for Club America is all I care about. How did you become a Club America fan? Um. Through my grandfather, my I, my family's all from Mexico City. Uh, the majority of my family is a Pumas fan, but my grandfather he's an Americanista, so therefore I followed in my grandfather's footsteps. And did he become an Americanista before or after he was in prison? <laughs> he <laughs> never been to prison. He's uh, grew up hardworking person in Mexico City, a mechanic. You know, back in his day, he was might as well be a scientist. Cars were you know that rare. Were you talking like the seventies? No, no, my my grandfather. You're dissing your own kind, man. You're a Chilango. <laughs> oh, my, my my grandfather grew up in Mexico City in the in the fifties and forties. Okay. They had cars back then. Yeah, but you know, the mechanics that worked on the cars might as well have been scientists back then. They were they were the hot shots. So and and what 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 led him to 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 become an America fan? Oh, I think he he lived very close to Guapa, or to wherever the training grounds were. Mm-hmm. So, so he he grew up in the same neighborhood where the team was. So he he's been a lifelong America fan. My grandmother, my mother, and my two aunts—they're all Pumas fans. But uh, you know, the, I guess having the only male influence around sports for me. Was an Americanista, so therefore I was Americanista. Hey, well, speaking of speaking of America, that's people, a very sad story. Since Jolie <laughs> is all dissing and being a negative Nancy on his Chivas, the the and, and America and Libertadores, in Libertadores, the biggest, the awesomest thing I've ever seen from Mexican club was what Chivas did with Bofo against uh, Boca, and then even when he got spat on, and what he did there was the like the awesomest thing I've ever seen from a Mexican league. Really, more more so than Cuauhtémoc Blanco being shown a red card, then coming back after the game to start a brawl. Oh, okay. That's that was pretty epic, also. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, see, I liked Guatemoc's uh, hat trick in Colombia. I thought that that was probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in Mexico, at least in South America. Was there under a death threat when you returned to Colombia? Maracanazo 2 was one of the greatest things I've seen. You know, I had high hopes for uh, for Esqueda. I really do. I thought that he was going to be the next Oribe Peralta. Uh, Injuries, man. Injuries. I know. It sucks. It's unfortunate. I mean, he and Dabrika Cabrera both, I mean, I thought we were going to have just sensational careers. You know, we're talking about the overage players, and, you know, a lot of people laugh at me, but... uh, you know, I just it, it 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 hurts me that that the best Mexico can do for an overage striker for the Olympics is Oribe. I know Oribe is a great player. I get that, and I'm blah blah. I understand. It's, it's definitely but, not the best they can do because they can do Giovanni dos Santos. It just won't. So Oribe Peralta is the but, best. But, they but, will but the, do. the Galaxy won't won't let him. I mean, they will, it has to be a local guy. It has to. What about Raúl? Wasn't he asking? He well, Raúl was asking, but Benfica was like, "Dude, that ain't gonna happen." I mean, we don't have to release you. Yeah, the, the European the European clubs won't won't let the players yeah. go. But I think uh, Giovanni dos Santos was one that could have been gotten. Yeah, but he retired in the MLS, though, man. So I think Oribe that's a better choice than than Giovanni dos Santos at this point. Giovanni dos uh, Giovanni dos Santos skill wise is a lot better option than Oribe Peralta. You know, even if Giovanni's playing in MLS right now, Oliver Peralta's in preseason. You know, he's he's been on not even in preseason. He's been on vacation since Copa America ended. He didn't really play Copa America, so he's practically been inactive. Yeah, let's for say he's been months. on vacation since uh, early June. Yeah, Giovanni dos Santos is the way better option. I think, but right now there's problems between Giovanni and the federation, and the federation won't. I mean, they they could have taken Giovanni to Copa America and they didn't, so. So, so do you do you believe that BS, Johnny? That uh, that that Giovanni asked not to be on the team? No, absolutely not. Especially when Giovanni Dos Santos came came out two days later in a press conference and said he never turned it down. Well, the way that I know the Jorge, I've talked about this in the past. For a player whose entire career, professional career, is based on what he's done in the national team, why on earth would he say no? Exactly, especially when you leave Europe and you go play M- MLS, the national team is going to be your biggest stage. You know, MLS is not that big of a stage, so you, you're going to want to cherish the national team call-ups. Totally agree with that. But, you know, he decided to retire from playing competitively by going to MLS, and now he wants us, wants us to bail him out, out of the MLS again? You know, come on, man. That's not cool. It's, it's, not, it's not that he wants us to bail him out. It's the fact that he still... One of the most skilled players available to Mexico, and you know Mexico are just dumbasses for not taking advantage of that. Nah, man, I think we get it's we're we're better off in a informed Oribe Peralta than. But Oribe Peralta's not informed. Oribe Peralta hasn't played in three months, Fernando. He played in Copa America. He played, he played in, for ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's still playing. He's been training months. with the team. Apparently, the idea is that Osorio wanted to call up Gio, but he was told not to. So you should be on Osorio's side. He's your boy. And be, yeah, Gio, Gio wanted to, should have been on the team. Osorio wanted him, but he said nah, to play. We don't need an MLS player on the team. Just look at what happened to all the MLS players that went to the national teams. You know, they they didn't they didn't either. They didn't get capped, and the ones that got capped did terrible in their competitions in the summer. Yeah, I'm not. 
I'm not an MLS fan either, but just just the skill that Giovanni Los Santos has at his feet is greater than what Mexico has available. Yeah. He's a little better than Marco Bueno. Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, just put it this way, man. Joe, uh, Carlos Vela also has incredible skill, but you know, he is he really paying up to his potential? No, why? He doesn't care. Same thing with Giovanni. He retired. You know, by playing, he's not caring about his career anymore. That's why he went to MLS. Pern, exactly. Pern, you seem but hurt that he he left Europe. I'm just saying, like you know, he's not playing in competitive football. In MLS. Those are two different like, situations. Giovanni and Vela are two different situations. Right. Yeah. I know no, they are, but that, I'm just saying but... it's the same in regards to the skill that's being wasted away. I I agree that Giovanni is one of the most talented players we have, but if he's not even using it in the MLS, man, Giovanni has... would rather. This is this is where Giovanni is, Fernando. Giovanni would rather go play in MLS than with Rayados. <laughs> well, he's, he's been a Amer- Americanista since he was a kid, so I totally, I, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he said he was to Mexico, he'll go to America. Yeah, he actually should have went to America, I think. But he he was seduced by L.A. and the Hollywood, just like Beckham. <laughs> yeah, see, so just like Beckham went to retire too. Well, that, I think that. Well, I think that's different also. He no. still playing. He still. I think he still plays with heart. You could tell in Head and Shoulders commercial. <laughs> right after he, right after no. they, they said that he got a, he he denied the call up. He he was hurt. You could tell by the way he was talking. Yeah, and 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 not only that, but it was it was so obvious that he was totally blindsided by the whole thing that he had yeah. no clue that it was going to happen. Yep. Now, you know, to to continue the argument against Fernando, if if a guy if a teammate of Giovanni dos Santos. Could be, you know, semi-successful at the Euro. You know, Ireland did, did pretty well. You know, considering what Ireland is, they're no Germany, but they did pretty well considering what Ireland. If if a player that plays in MLS can do that, you know, of course Giovanni dos Santos fits into Mexico, and you know, it it'd be a bigger favor to Mexico to have him there than than it'd be a bigger than it would be to Giovanni. Well, let me put it this way. Oribe has been a proven, you know, goal scorer for Mexico in the Olympics. I think he, I think he would, I don't think he can do any worse than Giovanni. Hey, this argument is like you telling me that that Borghetti should be the striker at the 2018 World Cup because he scored a lot of goals in the (laughs) World Cups. I think it should be Hugo. Hugo should get a chance to redeem himself, finally. (laughs) No, no, he's, he's, he's saying because... Because so Peralta has scored goals in the Olympics, you know Borghetti has scored goals in World Cups. You well, know. guess what? Giovanni scored two goals in the Olympics too, Fernando. And if he didn't get to play the last game, he could have gotten those two goals instead of Oribe. Uh, absolutely, absolutely not. He he's not that type of player. Give up for los centros. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> no, that Oribe was at the perfect time at the perfect place, man. So I yes, and, and guess what? Now is the imperfect time for Oribe Peralta. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see in the summer because you know I I think he he will go back to that goal scoring form. In all you honesty, know, I thought that uh, that America wasn't gonna let any players go since Televisa doesn't have the Olympics they didn't or they didn't have the rights for him. I thought for sure, why on earth would would we, would we give up our guys for that when it's not gonna benefit the parent company at all? 
totally agree with so that. that was, it, was, it was a real surprise that, compared that to Odie yeah, compared to Chivas, who didn't want to let their players go, and what's his name? That guy forgot he had to get a red card to be allowed to go to the, the national team. Carlos Salcedo. Yeah, that guy. He had to. He's, he had an, he's, to, an, he's an MLS product, Kern. What? He's an MLS product. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I thought he was yeah. like an American product. <laughs> I thought he was an America product, from what I remember watching. No, he's a, he's an America fan. He would, you know, but he he was yeah, uh, he, got his, he got his playing time at Real Salt Lake. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess guess what one of one of the, one of Pachuca's best players all season long was Omar Gonzalez, who came out of MLS first season in Mexico. And hey, yeah, he actually yeah. won something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he, so he, he beat your so he's, play, so he's playing so, in a better league now. Point and point being, it's not a that bad of a league, Pern. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm, like, I'm saying he came he came out of MLS and got into Mexico and won the league right away. So this whole Giovanni being in MLS, he's no longer any good. You know, Omar Gonzalez goes to unprove that. No, I'm just saying that if you put a player like you know Giovanni, if he goes to Mexico and you put him in a in a, in a team, and you know he's gonna do great. He's he's probably gonna win the championship right away, because you know you put a good player in a good team, they're gonna win, they're gonna get results. And you know you put a Giovanni in a garbage team like LA Galaxy, he's just gonna rot there. And well, guess, well, guess what? He's well, guess what? His, his confidence. The Mexican U23 team might as well be Liga MX All Star. So you put a guy. This is direct quote from you. You put a guy like Giovanni dos Santos in in a Mexican team, the U twenty three, and he'll win. He'll be great. You know, you you're 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 making my argument for me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like you know, you you put Giovanni in a Liga MX team. He's gonna be good. But if you but you know, right now he's been rotting away in the MLS. He's not gonna. It's not gonna, you know, produce well, anything. No, we see. That's the thing, Pern. Though we don't know because we haven't seen him play with the national team. So well, I mean, we, we could at least we could least use that as an argument if he were to get called up and and he was underperforming. Then yeah, we could have something valid to go off of. Yeah. Well, but, we well you right know he he played against what uh, in the Conca Conca Champions like uh, earlier this year and he totally stanked it up, man. Yeah, but I'm saying that's not the national. He surrounded. No, I'm just saying like he. he Guess what? After Conca, the... after Conca Champions, he played the Gold Cup, which he won. No, no, you talk. No. You're getting mixed up about the one for uh, in 2016. No, earlier this year when they lost to uh, Daniel Santos. Yeah, four zero. It's horrible. Yeah. When they had been training for two weeks. Yeah, he wasn't informed, but it doesn't make sense what you said. He if he played in in Liga MX, you're saying so, he would be good. Yeah. <laughs> But, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a level higher. Why would he be good? He'd be getting half the goals he's scoring. Because he'll be playing with a better team. He'll be playing with a with a better organization. So, so, so is Robin Keane riding away at Galaxy? Absolutely, man. Now, how is Robbie Keane riding away and still able to produce what he did at Ireland? At Ireland? Yeah. What if do he's you mean? Riding, what do they, you mean? They didn't Take even get out of group stage. They did. Yes, they yes, did. Yes, they did. Oh, I did not know that. And this is this is a guy rotting away at Galaxy, making well, you, it out of the Euro, uh, out of the group station, the Euro. You know, 
if if Robbie King is rotting, then you know Giovanni dos Santos can have the same effect. You know that's fine with me. Fernando, yeah. your entire argument is based on the fact that he. When was the last time he's watched an MLS game? Honestly, uh, 1998. <laughs> I don't. I have seen, seen one this century. <laughs> I have. I have seen one this century. Yes, I haven't seen one. I think this year. I've, I think I well, wait. Wait, I did see the one where they got wrecked in versus Santos. I did see that. One no, but I'm talking about an MLS, an MLS game, not not a not a Conca champion, an MLS game. No, I haven't seen an MLS team. team. Right, when was the last time you watched an MLS game? Uh, a league game in MLS. I see the highlights and I see the, the joke. That's not what I'm asking. When was the last time you watched an MLS? <laughs> Senator, answer the question, Senator. <laughs> when was the last time you watched an MLS? Um, you wa- you know, let me remind the Senator, he is under oath. That's right. We are cornered there, Pern. Well, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't recall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you have no idea what the level of a league is. I, your your bases of comparison are games when the when the teams are I'm two weeks into when, their preseason when they're going up against guys who've been playing for eight months. I'm just right? saying they, they, I see the results. You know they, they can't even they can't even you know do well against Conca champion teams. Come on, dude. That's Giovanni, man. They turn them into trash. Guess what? Conca champions are literally the four best Mexican teams the past year. The four teams that made the final against the four best. Uh, Liga, uh, I mean MLS teams, right? I know. Uh, it's a shocker that the Champions League is has the champions or the best teams in there. I'm just saying. Let me you ask know. you a question, Fernando. Would you rather have uh, Giovanni, who's had been killing it at the Galaxy, play this November in the Hex uh, after a solid season, or Carlos Vela, who has done nothing for his club for the past year and a half, play in the Hex? I would rather have Oribe Peralta play. Jeez. That's not that's not what I asked. <laughs> well, I'm just no. Uh, what's it called? Carlos Vela. And on top carry- of it, his his <laughs> trip is a two-hour flight from LA and an 18-hour flight from Europe. No, I totally get that. You know, come on, that's that's that I understand that. But Carlos Vela, he doesn't even care about football anymore, so he might as well be in the MLS. Hearn, we we debunked this though many many podcasts ago when 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 Cuauhtémoc. Uh, Cuauhtémoc saved the national team and he was playing at the Chicago Fire. Well, this is Cuauhtémoc. That's like taking a drama. No, like, you know... Smoking two packs a day. You know, Rafa said it himself, you know. Like, he thought... He went to MLS because he thought he was at the end of his career and then he misjudged that. And that's when he went back to Italy. Yeah, he he misjudged it because it was more difficult than what he expected it to be. That's right. There's no way... He yeah, thought he was going to come in here and then just he could play at half tank. No, that's why he left and, and got, uh, you know, bicampeonato with Leon and then went to Europe. Because he went, he went to a good team. They were doing good even before he went there. There's no winning against the senator. He's acquitted of all charges. <laughs> <laughs> He's moving the cold post again. <laughs> I'm not moving anything. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos Vela never cared about soccer. He even said so. He just plays it just because that's what he's good at. Well, yeah, that's understandable. And he'll score many goals once he gets back in the rhythm. Giovanni, I think, just went to MLS because he never got into a good club with a good groove. And he just, I mean, I think he just wanted a mental rest 
and took the LA thing. And and you might have a little bit of reason that you know he's going down to a level. But, but you do get he was you get paid six million a year. Yeah. Yeah, you you get that security blanket of a thirty million check. I mean, if I get a, you know, if I get offered to go to a MLS podcast for thirty million. <laughs> I won't miss you guys, man. <laughs> well, well, it's different because it might have been stressful. I imagine it was stressful for him to be moving around clubs. <laughs> just, just, just so you know, Hoy, that if, if you do that, are they going to play this for you? <laughs> maybe, maybe not, John. But, but at thirty million, I mean, I could just, I could retire early. Well, I could, you know, I. I'm not saying this to to give more fuel to Pern's argument, but you know footballers need to look look after themselves because after they retire, you know it's it's they don't always have a a future. You know what they're gonna do to to. Uh, I totally get that. I totally get that. You know he gotta look after his own pocket. Well, that's exactly what he did by going to LA Galaxy. He he's just no longer an option anymore if he decided to retire from competitive football. No. Nah, you you know what? It's it's that's just more your 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 take because cause you don't like the league and and that's valid. But even even like the U.S. team with a lot of MLS based players, they would they would do they would do all right. They would even beat us with with like Donovan and and so I mean, well, anyone can. Well, how do you think anyone can beat the Mexican team? How do you think Iceland made it to the quarterfinals, man? They bunkered their way to the quarterfinals. So any the same thing that U.S. has done before in the confederation. I know, come. but but if, if we're to use your logic, then they shouldn't be able to. No, that's, trash, that's not the so way football works. It's not the way football works. So, I mean, does it make you trash or not? No, the playing against garbage comp- a competition makes you trash. You know, you're not the, you're not going to be the same player so you were so, playing in so Europe. So Donovan should have been trash. He was trash. Every time he went to play in Europe, when his little well, when stint he was, he was garbage. Around, when he was smacking us around. And too, actually, he wasn't. If you look at his record with uh, Everton, he did pretty good. Nah, dude. He was when his first went to Leverkusen, which... That's even worse. I didn't even forget about that. I was sorry about the Everton stint. I was like... No, he did good at Everton. No. He played, like, what, six games, and he only, like, started on one, I believe, if I remember correctly. And he didn't really... He, he did very well at Everton. Donovan well, did very he, well at Everton. He never did good in in Germany, but he did very good at Everton. Well, you guys' threshold for very good is a little bit different than mine. Well, he did very good against Mexico for the national team. So, and that's fine. Any any player can do that if they're gonna bunker away like they have in the past. What since ever? So the only time that you know the USA can't really compete with Mexico is when they actually go toe to toe. And they actually try to play attacking football, so you know that's a, that's a game. And any even that's the reason why Greece won the the Euro two thousand four. They bunker their way the to the championship. That, that's besides the point. If, well, that's if, what I'm saying. If that turned you, know, you, you trash, then they shouldn't even be able to beat us. Okay, then. So you think that that you know with your logic that means that uh, Greece in two thousand four was like a world beater? Then, oh well, you know they 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 won the. You know the. the yeah, but see, now, you're, now you're changing that up because now you're going to Greece. We're jumping. You're jumping. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Now nah, the know, best if you're if you're gonna doesn't mean that they're more talented. If we're talking about MLS, then use the US team as an example, not not Greece, because it's it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole different continent. 
No, I'm just saying any team that you know bunkers will get the results. That if they go, if they play a different style, like me. So, so, so if it gets results, what's wrong with it? I, you know, soccer hey, is a, soccer is a sport. A sport is a competition. A competition is meant to win. Oh, you know what? I'm not saying that. You know, that's that's a bad. Uh, you know, that's a bad tactic. That's, that's exactly tactic. what you're saying. But Can I'm we saying, run out of material, John? Because it's been like. 20 minutes of turn here. Try to memorize. Yeah, I got a question from a, a listener on our thing. Sort of an interesting one. Wait, wait. We have a listener? <laughs> David Copeland. He, he asked this question. Who, who, who would win in a, a 5v5 soccer match? Los Acero Podcast versus Mexican Soccer Show. Wait, wait. Here, here's a here's a rebuttal question. Which team has Johnny Rico? Uh, well, I don't know. It depends on your skills. <laughs> Who's going to pick you? you? I, I, I was saying, like, okay, excluding Johnny Rico, say Johnny Rico's neutral or whatever. Me and Pern would take him. But then this, but then he says that Naive was a pretty decent winger. So that I was like, oh, I don't, okay. Well, 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 what, what do you say? Like, say Johnny Rico's on Mexican soccer show. You got skills, Johnny. Uh, I mean, I've, I I throw down as, as goalkeeper as best as anyone else. Oh, then that doesn't matter. I then. don't know. I mean, the the dos acero has la verga con más patas, so. Dude, that guy's a vegetarian, man. He ain't gonna do nothing. He's gonna pass out. <laughs> well, we we done our pern uh, weasel skills. So. Now the Mexican soccer show has an international, which is Tom Marshall. Yeah, but I've seen Tom. Tom can Tom can barely can, can barely put one foot in front of the other. So I think that we can play. <laughs> English English national team doesn't really scare anyone anymore. That's right. What, what do you say, Pern? You have experience with Weasel, at least. Um, I can defend them. I can tell you that. Yeah, they'll cancel each other out. Pern will probably I, I'll score the goal. Get red carded by tackling him from behind, but that would that would take out that would take out Weasel. I, I I'll, I'll tell you that. that Luis has a has a like a ankle have... out of glass. My son stepped on him like two weeks ago, and he couldn't play the game afterwards. Uh, also, the Mexican soccer show has a Gerardo Torrados of of radio with Jason Marquez. Oh man, <laughs> that is oh, true. Wait, he's a destroyer. You, wait, you just gave us the win because he's a Cruz Azul fan. That's right. That's right. and and we would. Yeah, there, there you go, dude. We... Yeah. God damn it, Jason. <laughs> that was great. I hate to agree with Jolie, but god damn it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh. Well, it would, it, would, it, would go, it would probably go to penalties, and at that point, I would, I would probably give us the edge. Uh, I mean, it's a consensus. It's a consensus. It's funny we're talking about that because I think that's a good segue for us to talk about how, especially here in the U.S., the the media has just been slobbering all over Iceland and how great they were. And yeah, they had they had a fantastic tournament, no question. And and of course they're saying, you know, how can we replicate what Iceland did here in, in the what U.S. Sense? In what sense? In the sense that uh, that a, that a country, you know, they, they look at their population and say, well, you know, they only have three hundred thirty thousand people. You know, how is it that they could field such a great team and do so well in the tournament? 
why can't we do that here in the U.S.? And on, all, in all honesty, I mean, I, I hate the U.S. men's national team, but in all honesty, I think the U.S. men's national team has a lot more talent in their national team than, I, than Iceland do. They, they actually, I think they did. They did it in the Confederations Cup, uh, uh, last one or whenever they went up. I think against Brazil, right? When they beat Spain. Yeah, I mean that was a, that was an equivalent type of scenario there. Where yeah, they, but that's the Confederation. I mean, Confederations uh, Cup is is second only to the Copa América Centenario as far as being a Moreno tournament. Now, if now if you're asking me how how do we replicate the fact that 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 the entire country actually gave a damn about its national team. Now, that's a more serious question to me. Well, that's uh, what always cracks me up. That, that's a very good point because people always, you know, like like the, this 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 week on Twitter, I guess, is the year anniversary of the of the women winning the World Cup in Canada. And they're saying it was incredible. Twenty seven million people watched the, 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 you know, here in the U.S. Well, I'm just thinking that's a great number. That's eight percent of the population here. Are there still other victories? Yeah. Well, you went to one of the victory tour games, uh, Fernando, over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think they're still on the victory tour. <laughs> but, hey, but anyway, so my, my question is, is why why the obsession? I mean, and it's so obvious to me that here in the U.S., that whatever they do in the youth system, and, and uh, you know, I wish we had Juan on here to talk to it a little bit about, is just so back-assed because, and especially now when I hear that some of the youth teams want to re-recoup some money from transfer fees that happen with some of their players. Well, didn't their, those players' families pay them to be on that team? So shouldn't that money go to the parents instead of the club if they're going to recoup any money? Well, I, I I look at it this way: if if youth teams can start making income from the selling of players, making maybe they can stop charging the the families. I mean, I I think I'm I'm actually on the youth club side in this uh, argument because. That's how it's done in the rest of the world. That's how it works in the rest of the world. Maybe the U.S. needs to kind of align itself with the rest of the world in soccer terms for it to start being a little more successful. And, you know, part of it is have youth clubs get compensated <clears throat> through selling of players and not through charging of their of families. But then but they would have to change the way that the youth clubs work because the youth clubs don't develop players. The youth clubs want to win. That that's what they care about. They want to win. They want to win, 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 win. Yeah. I mean, they now, don't want to develop players at all. Not, but now they'll look, take their money, but they look, don't want to develop them. Look, look at it this way: if if youth teams start getting paid for transfers of professional players, then guess what? Their goal is now going to be develop professional players that can get transferred, because that's going to be their source of income. So the the focus will change. In, in the youth teams, if, if you change the, the revenue of their income, their focus will change. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I mean, I, how are they going to change that model? Because these kids come and they win, 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 and the parents pay all this money, and then the kid gets a scholarship to go to college. That's, that's and, another then, and then he goes and wastes his life also, for four years if he wants to be a professional. Yeah. Exactly. MLS is going to have to partner up with these youth clubs to take these kids straight out of the youth clubs and, you know, stop wasting the four years in, in college. Because, because yeah, by the time a kid graduates college, he, you know, 24, 25, he needs to be in the primary year career. 
you know, not making your professional debut at 24, 25. Exactly. I'll tell you what. Uh, I do think that that Jurgen is going to get hired by England. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm being, I'm being totally serious. I think that there's a, there's a more than 50% chance that that happens. If that did happen, if I were the U.S., I would look at one guy and one guy only, and that guy is uh, Oscar Pareja, the FC Dallas coach. Because what you're talking about, Johnny, about developing players, that's exactly what he's been doing for the past five, six years in FC Dallas. And the proof is in the pudding. They're the best team in MLS, and they're doing it by developing their own. They're not bringing in designated players. They're not bringing in free agents. The, the bulk of their team are guys that have been in their system for the past six or one, seven years. One of, the, one of their youth players is a Mexico U-17 world champion, Ricardo yeah. Sanchez. And uh, uh, they have him and they You're have Oyuva. They have a really, really, really good program at FC Dallas. And if, if, if he ends up being in charge of the U.S. national team and doing what Jurgen is supposed to be doing, I say look out because I think that he actually has the talent and, and, the, and the wherewithal to do it. I think that that would be a huge step for the U.S. to, to bring it no. in. Uh, also, also, the problem in the U.S., I think that the soccer culture is still not there, and I, I blame MLS owners for this. Uh, right, right now you see the uh, attention span, how everybody gets really excited for summer tournaments like the World Cup, like Copa America Centenario. So, so you know that 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 like that like for soccer is there. Now, you know, MLS needs to do a better job at at retaining those fans. You know, when there's no big summer tournament, and the fact that they're all about profits, you know, really does kill. It, it's a buzzkill. For, for the for the soccer for the soccer world in the U.S. because you know the these fans lose lose that attention for soccer you know during the MLS season and I think one one step in the right direction would be promotion relegation because you you give sm- the small town team like middle nowhere Texas that plays in the USL a chance to you know for to play for something like you know a spot in the MLS. So you start growing the interest of small towns here and there all across the U.S. because they, you know, they have something to play for. And I think that's how that's how you develop a soccer culture in a country. Look at the culture that Iceland displayed. Didn't they at the end of their game? What is it called? The the Viking clap. You guys see that video? Yeah. Oh well, didn't you get a case yeah, of the yeah, Viking yeah. clap once? You would never. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you would never see that in the U.S. Like, even behind. Oh, like, the, I guarantee you, we're gonna start seeing it now. No, you would never see that type of passion, that type of. Oh no! Hey, but I guarantee you, what, what are you talking about, about, guys? I just t- took a video That's, of uh, U.S. fans saying "puto" to uh, no, to the the Colombian team. That they definitely have passion, right? No, this week they would never have that type of unity, that type of love for the sport, and that's what motivates players, youth players, to, to try their best to do good and, and, and go for a career in soccer. Well, see, Iceland, and that's another thing population. that they that need to change is, and I see it constantly everywhere, oh, we, gotta, we, have to have our, we don't have our best athletes playing. They're playing other sports. Honestly, do you think that uh, one of these pay-to-play pay clubs, if, if, if a 14-year-old Chavi walks in and they look at him and go, no chance, dude. Take a walk. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. There's no way we're taking a chance on you, because you know Chavi when he was 14 was four three. But you know, to 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 agree with your argument, 
you know, look at the best athletes across all the leagues. You know, it's usually these really big, tall, tall guys. Uh, you know, put put them in the soccer field. They're they're not gonna they're not, they're not gonna do any better. No, they're not. I mean, and then and then that's exactly it's like. Well, they, they, if, if, if they want to bring in those players, they have to go looking for those players. And and then again, the pay-to-play system, or are they more worried about their livelihood, which is winning and then attracting kids, as opposed to developing the players? Now, Johnny, you think that 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 it could turn out that they could start selling players? I just don't see that they have the capacity to sell a player. I think if, I think if they're going to sell players like that, it's going to, at least initially, it'll be based on the player's capacity, much more so than whatever level of training he's getting. Well, well to go to the point of physical, like the best physical players in the U.S., if, if the NFL didn't exist because of uh, that CTE stuff and an NBA didn't as well, that, that's what they're arguing. They're saying that if all these LeBron James, if all these players, instead of growing up playing basketball or football and played soccer, they would inherently get those skills to jump I, in. And, and see, be, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see LeBron James or Tom Brady being successful on the soccer field, even if they grew up playing soccer. Why well, wouldn't they be another Drogba or another uh, uh, Renato Sanchez or something like that? You know the. The last, you know, super tall soccer players that I remember, uh, Sagi, maybe Rahimovic, Peter so, Crouch. See, but you know, so- soccer is just, you know, it's, it's a different type of sport where big physicality that the Americans are known for is not the, it's not a, you know, what gets you to success. You know, what would be a great soccer player is Wes Walker. The wide receiver for the Patriots, who was exactly. five six, because he has a very low center of gravity. Joel, you were going to say? No, I was going to ask Johnny how tall Cristiano is. He's six three. That's pretty tall. Hey, Nestor Araujo is pretty tall. I no, I'm saying you know with the height thing, I do agree to an extent. Uh, it shouldn't be the end all be all, but if you, if we look at Mexican team. Our height has has gone way up, where we have a lot of players at six feet. And has our success gone up? No, it's it's. Just, I mean, when you bring in coaches like Osorio, we we know. But, <laughs> no, but what what I'm saying is, so in in the past, what let's say ten years, the height of the players has gone up. But in those same ten years, has Mexico gotten more successful? No, it's been the same, but but we always had like a handful of tall guys. Like Casaguino wasn't all, you know. You had Hermosillo, and you had like Pelayes. They were pretty tall guys. Girafa, uh, Girafa de Anda. El profesor Girafales. <laughs> no. Okay, so maybe the freakishly tall, like the six eight, six ten guys, wouldn't be suitable for soccer. But everyone else. Yeah, athletic and a little bit shorter. I mean, Landon Donovan is you know the, the clearly the best U.S. player over the past fifty years. Is he is he even five Exactly. I mean, to, to me, height has no it has no bearing. It's it's it, it's it's what you can do with the ball and what you can do with the head and your brain in order to tell your body to to either see something or do something with your foot, and that's 
that's where the U.S. needs to focus. That's where every country, that that's where Ireland, or I'm sorry, Iceland focused their training. They didn't train on endurance or you know, this or that. They, 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 they trained on the basics. And then they've been doing it for 10, 15 years. So the, 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 the fact that Iceland did it, it, it should be no surprise to anyone, even, even if it has a small population. You know, they, they all bought in. And they had, you know, they want to talk about a great TV rating. They had a 99 rating. 99% of the TV sets in Iceland during the game were watching the game. That's amazing. And the other, and the other 1% weren't turned on because they were in France. That's right. And that does not exist even among U.S. soccer fans. Not NFL fans, but U.S. soccer fans when the U.S. is playing the uh, like in the World Cup. I bet you that, that percentage doesn't exist in the U.S. What, 99%? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, show, show me show me the city of New York turning into a ghost town during a World Cup, and then I'll believe that soccer is made in this country. Well, that, yeah, that's not realistic, though, because there's NFL and NBA. There was no well, NFL. Regardless of whether there's, there's, you know, there's NFL and NBA, you know, the, the, the those teams are followed all over the world. You know, I, I look at Mexico City after uh, or during a World Cup game, and Mexico City looks like downtown Waco on a Sunday afternoon. There's nothing going on because everyone's watched the game. Yep. If that were to happen here, then then the U.S. I think would be a contender, just like they just like they dominate in the in the Olympics in basketball and any other sport that they're popular that's popular in the U.S. It would be the same case for soccer. That's just not the case, and it will never be the case. And again, uh, this is this is the responsibility of MLS owners to to capture that that attention of the American public when there's not a big summer tournament going on. They need to change that calendar. Seriously, that's one of the biggest detriments to their trashy type style of play. Here's a, here's a prediction: our our kids or our grandkids in however many years, they're gonna still if they play soccer, they'll still be picked on for playing soccer in the U.S. And that's gonna be the detriment for any type of success here. I don't I don't think that happens anymore. Um, it does happen. A chick is not not in not in my area at least. So I could only speak for. For like yeah. my community, and it used to be like you were gay if you play soccer. No, I hear comments right now. As of last week, I, I've I've seen comments hating on soccer. But I mean, but but I guess for, it, it goes for playing, for playing soccer. No, but you know the the shame is that in twenty thirty years, the basketball player, the American football player uh, in high school is still going to have more opportunities than the soccer player. That's where the real shame is. I don't think that. You know, kids that play soccer, I don't think they're picked on as much anymore. I actually, yeah. I actually think they need to work on that uh, fee structure. I think, didn't I hear uh, or read somewhere where the, the basic rate of pay is like 18000 a year or is it 30000 I don't remember. No, it's a little higher than that. I think that, it's, uh, that that's where it was when the league started. But now I think the league minimum is, I mean, it's not very much compared to the other sport. It's like the league minimum in the NBA is 1.9 million for a veteran. Uh, in in the MLS, it's, I think it's. And I could be wrong, you know. Callers, please, just let us know. I think it uh, <laughs> it's like between 50 and 75k a year, which you know isn't terrible, but it's certainly not you know league minimums in other in other leagues. Like the NFL is like 850k. So 
that right there is it makes a big difference. People, are, uh, other kids are gonna, oh, you know, that says growing up, oh, I want to be a soccer player. No, they want to go where they make money, you know, or their parents at least was well, that way. Oh, you can be a soccer and make make more money if you go play in the EPL or La Liga or Liga MX or something. Absolutely, else. it doesn't have to be MLS. So, I mean, there is money to be made. It's and, low percentage. Uh, it's low percentage. Might as well go for like an NBA or. For example, I'm, that I'm still, and I need to get you guys behind me. Mexican curling team in the Olympics. Let's do it. What? Mexican curling. Don't, don't you have to do that? Don't you have to do that over ice? Yeah. You know what I would do? I would recruit some of the barrenderos to do the sweeping <laughs> for me. Jamaicans did it. There's no oh, ice in where, Jamaica. Exactly. Where in Mexico? Where, where are you going to find ice? Monterrey. Uh, yeah, they have ice skating rinks in, in Mexico City, in Monterrey. They have them all over the place. Just as the Jamaicans, how they do we'll it. We'll go up to the, to, the, to the top of Popo, and we'll do it there. That's where we'll train. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. I would like to see that. Slide that stone down the ice and get my barranderos with their... You know, when they, when they see the other team with like the really fancy brooms, they go, what are you using that for? We just... We just wrap some sticks together. Check this out. You know, really, really get the friction going. Be fantastic. Be great. But I see that you guys don't want to join me, so that's fine. That's fine. No. Well, I'll get I, my own barrender. I'll get Tuca. I'd rather, I'd rather pay a subscription for MLS season pass. And I so, don't so like no curling for you. That's fine. That's fine, Johnny. Everyone has their own prerogative. Hoel <laughs> and I will do the Mexican I, curling team. Yeah, I, I rather I rather sit down with Fern and watch the MLS. <laughs> Fern, for the senator. <laughs> all right. Well, gentlemen, I think that that uh, wraps up our show. And uh, all before eleven o'clock. Lovely. It's, Wait, uh, it's pretty nine here. Well, I don't know where you guys live, but. It's laid over here. You just said it earlier in the podcast. Best cold. So, as always, it's been a pleasure uh, having you guys join us on the on the Dos Acero Football Podcast. Uh, I don't know if Dan is still with us. I know he's muted. Dan, are you still with us? His his, his Achilles must have flared up. So, thank you, Dan, for joining us. Chiquis, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Enjoy the heat. Fernando, thank you for joining us. Even though your uh, your, your 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 twisted logic defies defies reality, we appreciate you joining us. It's all the eye of the beholder, buddy. I guess it is. Joel, always a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise, thank you, sir. Yes, indeed. And Johnny Rico, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, we'll make this uh, a recurring thing. You can become a. a Cast member here of the Dos Acero Football Podcast. All right, more, yeah, more than happy to. Great to be on. Well, uh, thank you very much. Again, this has been the Dos Acero Football Podcast. I think now does Liga MX start next week? It's next week, yes. Wow. Yeah, not this weekend. Kind of is, early, isn't it? This weekend is uh, Campeón de Campeones, and then next week is uh, it's week one. Joel, are you going to go see your Chivas there at the Stub Up Center? I'm going to miss the game. They're playing uh, Veracruz for the, for the, you for know. the Libertadores half ticket? Yes, yes, sir. And uh, You're going to miss it? I'm going to miss it, yes. 
It's on a Sunday. It's too bad. Do, do you not do you not get to go to games on Sundays? Is that part of your religion? No, I already had plans. I forgot. I just like completely forgot about that game. Are you like Eric Little and Chariots of Fire? Oh, I can't watch the soccer on the Sunday. But <laughs> you know what? He's saving money for his uh, Chivas TV subscription. <laughs> no, I got Univision. It's free for two more years, per. Oh, okay. that's right. Yeah. All right. Again, thank you guys for joining us. We're live Wednesday nights, and of course, you can catch this podcast and our previous podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Los Acero Football Podcast. <laughs>